Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Hello again, this is Helen Nguyen, CEO of 3W Medical for Women. I'm here and joined by none other than Dr. Susan Rutherford, our president and medical director. Hi, Sue. Thanks again for joining us. Hi, Helen. Yep, good to be with you. Thank you. Today, we're talking about a pretty common issue that happens during pregnancy, nausea and vomiting, which are not fun. No, they aren't fun. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. So, well, why should women know more about nausea and vomiting during pregnancy? How many, how many women have this issue? Well, lots and knowing about it early can help them because often they'll have the symptoms starting well before they start having their medical appointments. Oh, wow. So you could, you could have these symptoms before your first ultrasound. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my! You have them very early. Okay. Well, a lot of times it's diff- there's difficulty getting into the doctor's offices to be seen and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, so probably at least half of all women, maybe eighty percent, will wow. have some difficulty with nausea and vomiting, or at least have the symptoms. Okay. Not all of them have a big problem with it, but okay. But a lot of them have the symptoms. Okay. Do you know if it's a genetic issue? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because there are some rare cases that are thought to have uh-huh. some genetic component, but it has okay. to do with uh, hormone receptors okay. and problems within cell mitochondria, which is some of the machinery inside the cell. Okay. But when you talk about genetic, in other words, is it in the family? Yeah. That's not been, that's not clear. Okay. I mean, nobody's identified it as specifically familial. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking of my, the women in my family and I know the women in my family never had nausea or vomiting problems. So that's why they gained a lot of weight during their pregnancy. Sorry, Uh mom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But my aunt-in-laws all had nausea problems. Uh Uh-huh. And Um, it was just very interesting to see like, okay, well, you're not blood related, so you'll probably have nausea is what we always say. (laughs) Well, the weight gain is interesting because one one component of the nausea and vomiting isn't necessarily where the woman will identify as feeling nauseated, but she feels hungry. Oh. And so probably the eating is a response to some component of that whole nausea and vomiting spectrum. Okay. Okay. And when does nausea and vomiting become a problem? So it starts before nine weeks. If it starts after nine weeks of pregnancy, if, in other words, if they were had none and then after nine weeks, mm-hmm. they start having it, then the suspicion needs to grow for other medical problems. Specifically, oh. thyroid is one of the more common reasons that somebody oh. might have it that's unrelated to pregnancy. 
Okay. So, so basically, it's, it starts before nine weeks. Most of the time, it resolves by 14 weeks. Okay. But there are a few people where it continues long-term, even throughout the pregnancy. I've had patients who yeah. have had to be on supplemental feeding. They couldn't eat throughout their pregnancy. Yeah. They carried a backpack and had a little tube yeah. either going into a vein or even through their nose down into their stomach with a drip wow. of food. Is that yeah. like called a feeding tube? Yeah, then? a feeding tube. Wow, Put that's a little tiny feeding tube. Yeah. So that, oh, fortunately, that's, that's pretty uncommon. That's uncommon. Okay. Yeah. That's good so, to know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. And and for women that start having nausea and then it kind of goes away, will it ever, like you said, it comes back? Then no, that's a problem. It, it, no, but if it doesn't, come back it shouldn't come back. No, it shouldn't come back once, okay. it's, once it's pretty much resolved. Okay. If it does come back, then we start thinking about other reasons that she's feeling nauseated that are unrelated to the pregnancy. Okay. Okay. Specific medical problems. Okay. Yeah. And is it triggered usually by food or... Sometimes smells. Smells? Yeah, that's yes. got to say that. So one of the suggestions I read someplace was, have somebody else empty the garbage. Oh. <laughs> that's. I'm sure there are a lot of women that would like yeah. to <laughs> use that as a, hey, yeah. you know what? I'm having nausea. Will you please empty the garbage? <laughs> I should use that. Yeah, you could use that. I could use that as not even being pregnant, just yeah. saying that to my husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There are a couple of other things that are associated with it. One is motion sickness. Ah. So women that tend to get motion sickness mm-hmm. often are more afflicted with the nausea and vomiting. And if they get it, they, it might be more on the severe side. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the other thing is people that get migraines. Uh. They often may be more prone to it. Okay. One other interesting thing is people that are sensitive to certain food textures. Textures? Yes. Okay. So, uh, um, you know, I, I've i never been pregnant, so I can't decide, you know, I, I can't know if I ever would have gotten yeah. nausea and vomiting, but there are certain food textures that I cannot tolerate that will yeah. make me practically yeah. throw up flan. Yeah. Yeah, or yogurt. You don't like and yogurt. yogurt. Yeah, and sour yogurt. cream. Sour cream. No. Yeah, none of All that. Of the, like none heavy, of those... creamy stuff. Right. Right. Huh. So people that have trouble tolerating those can have more difficulty too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the of the of the women that get it, or of all women, basically those that have it severe enough to be called hyperemesis. Emesis oh, means hyper. vomiting. Okay. Hyper, of course, means more. more. Uh-huh. Lots. About three percent of women get hyperemesis. Wow. And it's defined in various ways, but basically if labs are drawn, if blood tests are drawn, mm-hmm. they can have an imbalance in their electrolytes, you know, their sodium, potassium, chloride, all of okay. that. Okay. They can if they lose maybe five percent of their pre pregnancy weight, wow. then that would be qualify them as as with the, for the diagnosis of hyperemesis. Okay. Yeah. A lot of times we don't necessarily prove everything. They might have ketones in their urine, which means that they're in a fasting state because they can't oh. keep anything down. Oh. So mostly it's it, if it's more severe and if they're starting to get really concentrated urine and getting a little bit dehydrated, then okay. you know we'll we'll treat that okay. as if it's hyperemesis. It's, okay. you know with IV fluids first of all. Okay. Yeah. How does this impact the baby? It doesn't appear to impact the baby. Oh. Yeah. So the only thing would be if somebody was so sick that they were completely dehydrated. But, okay. but you know, the body is pretty good at protecting blood flow to the uterus. 
Wow. So there isn't That's really yeah, there isn't really like a chemical imbalance or anything. You just need the adequate blood flow to the uterus. So okay, but no no correlation. The okay. the uh, it is possibly associated with the pregnancy hormone, HCG, human chorionic gonadotropin. Mm-hmm. And that's the hormone that's tested for a pregnancy test. Okay. People that have twins or triplets and have okay. bigger placentas have higher levels of HCG. Okay. And, and they have a bigger problem with nausea and vomiting. Okay. So nobody really knows the cause, but there is a correlation with the higher HCG levels and having more trouble with nausea and vomiting. Okay, okay. So if you have a lot of nausea and vomiting, though, and you can't keep food down, and you're supposed to be, you know, they say eating for two, is that going to impact the baby at all? Well, eating for two is really, there's not much difference between eating for two and eating for one when you're pregnant, especially early. So Baby's not that big. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, sort of a, that's sort of a myth. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you truly, if you took two adult <laughs> amounts and ate, you'd put putting on way a lot more of weight than you want to. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I think the most important thing is staying hydrated. Hydrated. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's good to get in some nutrition too and not have the, the ketones, but, okay. but women who are diabetics late in pregnancy if they have if their diabetes gets really out of control okay and they have high blood sugars and they get ketones in their urine and in their blood mm-hmm. they can get extremely sick i mean it's potentially life threatening oh. and that in that situation it can alter the blood flow to the baby and the babies can be in trouble but that's mm, the, rare that's the yeah, that's the later part of pregnancy too okay so okay. early the first trimester really is, you know, it's not an issue for the baby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How is it managed? So the first thing is, is just diet, you know, what you eat, when you eat it, that sort of thing. Okay. Oftentimes I mentioned textures, Mm -hmm. so it could not necessarily be just the texture in your mouth, but the texture in your stomach. Because one thing that seems to help women is if they separate by a time gap, 20 or 30 minutes, their solids and their liquids. And huh. so, so if you drink your water or if you have juice or yeah. something like that, drink that and then don't eat any solids for 20 or 30 minutes and vice versa. Eat the dry bread, the crackers, whatever, and then wait, give it a good gap before you drink the water. Okay. Um, then a lot of times the, the stomach tolerates that better. A lot of times the dry stuff is easier for easier on the stomach. Yeah. In fact, this works for post-operative people too, Hmm. people who might be nauseated after surgery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they start, especially if they've had abdominal surgery, Mm -hmm. say C-sections, if they start nibbling on dry crackers and things like that, it kind of stimulates their intestines, but they're less likely to get nauseated and all the gas. So when women that are really having problems in the morning, if they keep some dry crackers, saltines or something like that, yeah by their bed mm-hmm. and before they get out of bed nibble, nibble on. on that or dry you know dry bread or something yeah how about and dry fruit is that okay or is that that's okay i i can't think how that would i i'm not sure that that would have the same therapeutic effect okay uh, but i just don't know okay uh, you know and a lot of this ends up being trial and error so okay. people have per- preferences for certain flavors and smells yeah. And smell is a big part of how we appreciate food, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of women will report that their tastes and uh, their preference, food preferences actually change, change. Yeah. in pregnancy. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. So they just have to kind of trial and error and adjust to whatever seems pleasant to them and that seems like it'll stay down. Okay. Yeah. Do you know why uh, during pregnancies some of our food preferences change? No, I don't no. know. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I had a friend that could mm-hmm. not stand mayonnaise. Uh huh. And then when she got pregnant, she could not stop eating mayonnaise on everything. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was like so weird. <laughs> that is, that is. It's just, but, it just but, changes things. I yeah, it changes things. Yeah. yeah. So that's normal. Yeah. That's normal. And, and I, again, I say the most important thing is staying hydrated. So if you don't get in a lot of calories, don't worry about it. Okay. The body has mechanisms for breaking down some of the stored fat, for okay. bringing forth some of the stored glucose. Even some of your uh, muscle and you know protein structures can break down a little bit mm-hmm. and provide amino acids okay. to circulate in your bloodstream. So the main thing is staying hydrated because if you don't get good blood flow to all your organs, that's when things really start not to work well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if people, that's when we basically in the hospital will give them fluid, uh, might admit them they're dehydrated. There are some people that come in like every two or three days and mm-hmm. get an IV liter of fluid and then go yeah. home. Yeah. Then they're back another two or three days later and get another IV liter of fluid and yeah. tank them up and go home. And My aunt-in-law had to do that. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with her second pregnancy because mm-hmm. she could not yeah. keep liquids down. I remember two pediatric residents one time where I was working at an academic hospital. Oh. And, and they were married to each other. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and every night he started an IV on her. Wow. And she'd get a liter of fluid overnight, and then they'd go to work. What? And then the next night they do the same thing. That is. So I think she was off of night call at that point. Yeah. Because she was otherwise so sick. But yeah. that's what kept her going was quite a few weeks of getting liters of fluid at night. Wow. Wow. And can you start one pregnancy with having really bad nausea and vomiting and then the next have, have no di- symptoms? Have no symptoms? Yes. Oh. Every pregnancy is different. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't mean the first pregnancy kind of no. sets the tone for the rest of it. No, no. It's oh. it's different all the time. People that have the more severe problems, uh-huh. they tend to have it recurring. Recurring. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily as severe, mm-hmm. but but escaping without any nausea and vomiting, it's not as common when they've had real trouble in a okay. previous pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. I heard eating ginger could help. Yes, that is, there are some people says it doesn't that say it doesn't work at all, mm-hmm. but it's one of the best natural remedies. Mm-hmm. And there are ginger candies that yeah. you can eat. I've heard the Trader Joe's makes yeah. good ones. Yes, we love those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my niece took a ginger root. You know, oh, you buy the those yeah, funny yeah, yeah. looking roots in yes. the grocery store. Yes. She put it in a big jar of water, a big mason jar in the refrigerator yeah. and soaked it. And that's the water that she drank or used to make tea yeah. or or lemonade or something. Yeah. She used that water and then she'd just keep refilling water and keep soaking yeah. the ginger. Yeah. And that, that really helped her. So That's what my mom would do when we were sick and uh-huh. we were little. I, I get motion sickness really, really easily. Uh-huh. And she would always soak some ginger root in some hot water and uh-huh. some honey. Oh, and that's what yes. she would give to us. Yes. And it would make things better. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can believe that. Yeah. And what if those those natural approaches or is is there medication that yes, you can take? Yes. There is okay. medication. Okay. So and it it can go from something as simple as taking vitamin B6 okay. to adding in 
an antihistamine variant. It's a cousin of Benadryl. Oh. And it's, yeah, it's marketed as Unisom. Okay. And taking some of that along with the vitamin B6. Of course, the, the antihistamine can make people sleepy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this works some of the best for women that have morning sickness, where the morning is the worst time for them, because then they can take some at night, oh. and they're going to sleep anyway. Okay. And they'll feel better in the morning. Okay. So they can also take some during the day. But if you're taking a lot of... Some of these drugs, if you start taking a lot of them, they can make you sleepy. And okay. Some of them are similar to what are used to deal with nausea postoperatively, or when people are taking other medications like chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so depending on which ones they are, you have to be careful about operating machinery, driving, Okay. you know, to, because you could be, you know, less sleepy. responsive. You could yeah. be more sleepy. sleepy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But so some of them are very mild and minimal and just and available over the counter. Okay. Years ago, there was one that was the combination of this, basically the Unisom type medication and the vitamin B6. Okay. But people, the lawyers decided to sue because there were birth defects. Well, mm. the, the natural incidence of birth defects is one to 3%, depending on what, how mild or severe you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so of course, they're going to be birth defects all the time. Mm-hmm. And everybody was taking this and so they started suing. The company said, hey, this is cheap. We don't make wow. much of a profit. We're just going to stop making it. Wow. And so then we started coming up with the over-the-counter recipe mm-hmm. <laughs> that we'd hand out to women for years. Mm-hmm. Now there is one medication that has gone through FDA approval, but it's not cheap. And and some of the insurance companies won't pay for it because it's not cheap. But it costs so much money to get it through hmm. the FDA study process and get it approved that that's why it's expensive. Yeah, There's another one that's apparently a little less expensive that is not FDA approved, but it's basically similar to that mm-hmm. to that one. But hmm. Medicaid won't even pay for that. And it's really a shame because the alternative, if you can't adequately manage this, the alternative is bringing a patient into the hospital, mm-hmm. the emergency room or the obstetric unit that has their own little emergency you know, unit mm-hmm. and giving them IV fluids. And just one visit like that mm-hmm. would easily pay for the prescriptions that would prevent the patient having come wow. in. So it's wow. it's really a shame that, that is. it's not more widely huh. used. So instead, they want you to use some of the chemotherapy anti-nausea medications been around for a long time, mm-hmm. like Zofran. And so that's gotten less expensive. Hmm. There have been questions raised about the safety mm-hmm. and risk for heart defects. That's been pretty much said, you know debunked or said no, that there really isn't a risk. But that question's not 100% answered. So my preference is to start with the the ones that we know are safe mm-hmm. and then go to that. Yeah. There are other medications that sometimes are used for mental health reasons, anti-anxiety, for example, and those can be helpful as well. But once you start getting into prescription, again, it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another one that's used to help speed the stomach emptying, and diabetics mm-hmm. take that a lot. And um, so that's another alternative that's less likely to cause the side effects of sleepiness. Okay. But you basically you're trialing error all these things yeah. and see what what combination seems to work okay. for women. If they get so far that these oral medications aren't doing it, that's when they end up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do prenatal vitamins cause nausea? Yes. But I wouldn't say that they totally cause it, but... 
they're one of the things that the stomach doesn't tolerate as well. Okay. Particularly if it's empty, like in the morning. Yeah. So for any women that have nausea and vomiting, Mm -hmm. they're probably better off taking their prenatal vitamins in the evening, like after supper. Yeah. And that seems to be much better tolerated. Okay. Does nausea and vomiting during pregnancy have any correlation with cravings? Not that I've read anything about okay. that. I, yeah, I haven't seen any any association. You know, you like talk about pickles and yeah. things like that. Yeah, no? No, hmm. no. Okay. Everything, every, it's different for every patient. Yes. And so it's really important to be, to sort things through, kind of do a stepwise, try and make mm-hmm. one change at a time in your mm-hmm. diet, your schedule, you're adding a medication, subtracting a medication, one step at a time, okay. because then you can figure out what it is that's Causing helping, it. and yeah, what, what's helping and what's not helping, and what. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you do it stepwise, yeah, that will work. The thing is, that means an awful lot of doctor visits, you know, because you <laughs> yeah. just yeah, and but that's just that's what should happen. Yeah, is somebody walking with the patient through that process. Yes, and we do here do that at 3W. Yeah, we do that. And we hope to, I mean, we're trying to get people established with somebody who will get to know them early in their pregnancy and help them through all those things. Mm-hmm. But it can take a while for them to get an OBGYN appointment mm-hmm. or a midwife mm-hmm. or whoever they're going to see. Yeah. And so sometimes they're going through the worst part of this. So we've periodically seen women and I've said, okay, I want you to come back in a week because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. this doesn't work for you, mm-hmm. then I want to try something else. Cause I know yeah. they're not going to get an OBGYN appointment in a week. Yeah. And it's no fun being that miserable. No, no. You know, you, you already are kind of, wow, I'm having a baby. So you got to wrap right. your mind around right. that. And then now you're feeling crummy. Right. And then we can so. dip their urine and see if they're really high in ketones. Mm-hmm. You know, the keto diet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, so the keto diet is having f- few enough carbs that you end up with positive ketones in the urine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this it's similar what happens when people are nausea and vomiting. And during pregnancy, babies actually like glucose. Mm. The growth of the baby needs some glucose. And, and it can be broken down in your body. So they're not mm-hmm. starving. Right. But it's certainly better if you can keep up on it. Okay. Okay. Well, you heard it from Dr. Rutherford. You're welcome to come by. If you have any questions about, you know, your nausea or vomiting during your pregnancy, we see all of our pregnancy patients for free. And the consultation with Dr. Rutherford is completely free of charge as well. So please take advantage of of her knowledge about the subject. And, you know, she's how many how many pregnant patients do you think you've seen in (laughs) In your how many thousands? You how many thousands? How many tens of thousands? <laughs> You've lost count, huh? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I thought when I started my career, I was going to keep track of, especially like the number of babies I delivered. Yeah, <sighs> that lasted less than a year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've I heard it. Up. You've heard it from her. She's seen. You know. Do you think you've seen? I haven't seen everything. I haven't seen everything. Seen everything. Oh, okay. No. And and the, so my basic rule of thumb is the patient is the best textbook. Okay, so you see what happens with the patient, you know why certain things work, why certain other things don't work, or what should work. And so you kind of follow that path. Mm -hmm. And for that patient, see what works. It's just, it's really just a process of working with the patient. That's the most important thing. And not looking at 
the approach as like one size fit all kind right. of situation. Right? Well, and that's really important for patients to know and their families to know is yeah. it, there's not just, oh, you have this and this is the treatment. There you mm-hmm. go. You're done. Finished. Mm-hmm. The families need to know this takes patience and it takes yeah. a lot of work to sort for the patient to f- herself figure out. Yeah. Because that's, that's what's really going to provide the answer is the patient understanding, hey, this I feel better with this or mm-hmm. I feel worse with this or, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's crucial. Yeah. And it, it's a process and it's different for everybody. Everyone. So I know <laughs> I haven't seen it all. Oh. <laughs> well, what are what are some last tips or advice for women that are going through nausea and, and vomiting during pregnancy that you have? First of all, don't panic. Okay. You know. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. Don't panic. Try and focus on staying hydrated. Fluids. Okay. Plain water is good, but if you can add a little flavor to the water, if it, that makes it stay down better or makes mm-hmm. it more tasty to you. The other thing is brush your teeth. I know that sounds strange, but you know, especially if you're vomiting, uh-huh. what comes up from the stomach is acid, oh. and that can affect your teeth enamel. So keep your mouth clean. Yeah, uh, Use toothpaste. You might have to change toothpaste to find something that tastes good. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about exact treatment of toothpaste but okay. brush your teeth and keep your mouth clean okay how that about, will probably help how about mouthwash yeah that, that would be great that okay. would be great mm-hmm. okay yeah all right does it affect the coloration of your teeth at all do you know no 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 but okay. it should it could if you vomit a lot then it'll mm-hmm. eat away at the animal uh, it's very interesting that the number one reason for hospitalizations during pregnancy that don't lead to delivery is premature labor the number two reason is hyperemesis of pregnancy, nausea, severe nausea and vomiting. That's wow. the number two reason that women are hospitalized during their pregnancy. Wow. Okay. Well, you've heard it, folks. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that will be your lifesaver. And, and eat what tastes good. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember... In moderation. <laughs> yeah, in moderation. <laughs> but I've had patients say, well, all I really feel like eating is those really sugary donuts and salty <laughs> potato chips. It's like, if that's all you can eat, go ahead. <laughs> for now, not for long term. <laughs> well, very good. Anything else you wanted to to tell our listeners, Sue, that they should know about? Anything else? I think we covered a good deal of it. I've, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, thank you so much again. I always learn so much from these podcasts with you. And, you know, who knows if, if I ever will be pregnant or not, but if I'm not, then I'll pass it on to my friends about this kind of stuff. That ginger kind of candy at Trader Joe's is so good. We eat, <laughs> we eat it in the clinic even though we're not nauseous. So um, there's a plug for Trader Joe's. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we should go to Trader Joe's and share our podcast and say, by the way, yeah. do you make charitable <laughs> donations? Because we'd love to have support so we can keep serving women this way. Well, this podcast is not sponsored by Trader Joe's, but we really love them. So hopefully they will sponsor something in the future. So, well, thank you so much, Sue. Thank you to our listeners. If you're suffering or dealing with nausea and vomiting, please give us a call and make an appointment with Dr. Rutherford. She is a wealth of knowledge about this topic and it's free to you. So come on down. Thank you so much. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. 
If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.